All right, let's check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun on this Monday morning. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi, and I heard you talking television. I hope I you did. recorded the Muhammad Ali. I did. Uh, yeah, what a what an incredible piece of work that is. Uh, it, it's uh, Ken Burns's daughter and son-in-law, right? The, yeah. <laughs> the second generation of Burns family, brilliant makers of documentaries. Um, the the thing that uh, it's almost an edge-of-your-seat thriller. I mean, I lived through a lot of it, so I knew the story. But the, the thing about this thing that is so powerful is it reminds you that even though Muhammad Ali became one of the best-known and much-loved people in the world, that is not how he was seen on the way up. And it's very exactly. easy to read back into history the way you see somebody now. This is a great documentary because it reminds you that the way we see things today may not be the way people saw it in the past, and of course, by extension, um, may not be the way people see things in the future. You know, that is so true, Bob, because like, I'm a big fan of documentaries, and I've watched a lot of Muhammad Ali documentaries because, you know, he was big in my family. Mom, my parents loved him. Uh, but then I started watching this one last night, and I thought, well, this, I'm actually still learning stuff in this yeah, one. So it's, it's a really very, deep very dive. well done. And as I said, the, the, uh, the way they put it together really is edge of your seat. Uh, not to it give is. away how the first episode ends, but I can tell you, he goes into one of his really big fights. Eight to one odds against him. Amazing. Nobody thought he was going to be what he became or what he pulled off. Um, it it really is. This is a great piece of work. It is. It's impressive. And so that last night was part one, in case people missed it, um, and it was on PBS. Uh, and I set to record. I only watched a chunk of it last night because that's all I had time for before I had to go to bed. But I'm looking forward to, yep. well, obviously not today because it's election day, but at some point this week sitting down yeah. and watching more of it. Because, Vaughn, apparently there's this little thing called an election going on today. Yeah, election going on today. And, uh, you know, uh, lots of warnings uh, for the listener. Um, first of all, I mean, Elections Canada has said it. I, I don't want to affect turnout by what I say, but... They're saying be patient. Uh, they had trouble recruiting staff this time around. Uh, they've reduced the number of voting stations. Be prepared for lineups uh, and and be sure you're masked. So that's all there. It's important to vote. Um, the other thing uh, I think is uh, I've been looking at it. Um, Elections Canada uh, looked at what happened in B.C. last year with our election and their initial forecast was based on what happened here. So they forecast, they expected 5 million Canadians to request ballots by mail. That's based on what happened in BC last year, but not nearly as many people requested the ballots by mail. Um, two reasons for that. I mean, first of all, Last year, we didn't have vaccines. People had genuine trepidation about going to voting places. And the other thing is, um, from somebody I know, very dear to my heart, namely my wife, Dale, um, she says that the Elections Canada system for requesting a ballot by mail was a lot harder and more complicated than the provincial system. Uh, so... As a result, um, you know, more people fell back on advance voting. You did have a lot of people voted advance, um, but not nearly as many people voted by mail. So there's an awful lot of people still have to vote. And uh, because it's going to be close in British Columbia, because there are a lot of key ridings and uh, it really matters if you vote, 
um, people should be patient today. I, I hope they go and vote anyway. Uh, I, uh, I, I did so, yeah. vote by I did vote by mail, and uh, Simi, you know uh, my history. I, in the elections I cover, I cast a blank ballot, so I don't uh, endorse anybody, even in the privacy of the voting booth. So there you go. Oh wow! Okay, so you still did it by mail. I heard that from quite a few people who said that it was more cumbersome. Some people who were concerned that they didn't get theirs in time. Like it just felt like yeah. there was more confusion than there needed to be. Yeah, yeah. I again, I I guess when we get to the postmortems, uh, you'll go. Why didn't you do it the way they did it in BC? Because in British Columbia last year, it's remarkable. Um, it, it, elections BC says reported more people in British Columbia voted by mail last year than cast ballots at the voting stations on election day. So. Uh, and more people voted in the advance polls as well. So voting on Election Day last year in B.C. was sort of the second or third option for most voters. Um, The other thing is because they don't start counting the ballots by mail until they come in and they're compiled and sent to the right writings and counted. The counting doesn't start till the next day. So in the... What they expect more than a million ballots by mail, Canada, so much fewer than they thought they were going to get, but it's still a lot, and it could make the difference in some riding. So we know that you'll hear it tonight when we're watching your coverage. Uh, say there'll be some close ridings, uh, I expect, in British Columbia, where we won't know the winner until tomorrow, starting tomorrow. It may take a while to count all those ballots. And, of course, um, because most of the polls are suggesting a close seat count right across the country, we may not know who is going to be prime minister uh, for some time. I know. So interesting, right? I'm looking forward to tonight. Of course, you can catch me. I'll be helping out with Global and CKNW's coverage this evening. But let's talk some provincial politics here as well, because the Premier had a media availability on Friday, and boy, it sounded a little different than some of his other media availabilities recently. Yeah, it sounds like he's actually been briefed for a change on the cruise ship thing. He's been dismissing the threat uh, to BC's share of the cruise ship industry, these American bills that would allow cruise ships on the Alaska run to bypass BC ports permanently. Uh, The Premier said he has uh, been getting a briefing from the Canadian Embassy in Washington, D.C. It would certainly take uh, federal government assistance to deal with this, so he's focused on that. I thought the most interesting thing he said was this would be his number one priority. Uh, Whomever becomes the national government after the election is to say, hey, British Columbia needs your help. We need to focus on this. We need to deal with this to maintain B.C.'s share of the Alaska cruise business. It's good that he's focused on it. Uh, he, He should have been a long time ago, in my view, but I'll give the guy credit for finally focusing and getting on it, and maybe that increases the hope that we'll be able to hold off this threat. Okay, and he said he's expecting, what, an update this week? Yeah, he's been in touch with the Canadian Embassy, or his office has been anyway, in touch with the Canadian Embassy in Washington, D.C., and he said he's expecting a briefing from them this week on the chances of this American legislation passing. Well, I'm glad he's getting a briefing. I guess my one mean question that popped into my head was, was it the Canadian Embassy in Washington, D.C. who told you last spring that the temporary legislation had no chance of passing? I hope yeah. our embassy in D.C. is up to speed on this one because uh, it would be nice to, to know that whoever made the mistake last spring is aware of the risk. 
So, okay, there's that coming then this week. And also, what is the deal with this um, statutory holiday in BC? For, it's September 30th, I believe. Yeah, so as an employee, I welcome all statutory holidays because, uh, you know, at the newspaper you get the day off, so I don't want to sound too crass about it. But, uh, yeah, so the national government has declared September the 30th, which was already Orange Shirt Day, um, to be National Day of uh, Reconciliation with First Nations, and it will be a federal government holiday. Uh, Horgan was asked on Friday, is the province going to do the same thing? And very interesting. He said, you know, I support the concept um, the, uh, the BC government, of course, is, is, has been leading the way in terms of reconciliation, recognition of the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People, and he said something is in the works and expect an announcement soon. I expect the announcement will be that it will also be a provincial holiday uh, come September the 30th, which is the Thursday, by the way. This is not, at the moment anyway, one of those holidays that floats, that's always a Monday, the way Thanksgiving and Labor Day are. It's uh, more like, I guess, Christmas or New Year's Day or or um, that that just right. yeah falls on whatever day it falls. Remembrance Day is the other one. It yes. falls on whatever day it's on. So, uh, But I think uh, Premier hinted pretty strongly that that's coming and it will be a holiday. Uh, it will be a holiday here in British Columbia as well, September the 30th, a Thursday. Huh. All right. So interesting. Ron, thank you. Bye-bye,